What's going on? Welcome in. Thursday edition of All Canadian. Wade Zancada, Connor O'Neill. For those that are watching on whatever former video that we put out this week, we're side by side for this one. Uh, yeah, we uh, we got together. You know, a little Wednesday night action. Uh, action. Oh, is there action on today? Oh, God. On a Wednesday? I don't know. I'd have to check. Off the top of my head? Oh, that would be unreal. Maction is always great. Uh, but... It is all Canadian. There is a top 10 to discuss. Uh, I think there's quite a few lines this week that I was like, whoa, that is a huge, huge, huge line. But I kind of see why and I kind of like it. So we're going to get into that a bit later on. Uh, first thing, Connor, U Sports top 10. I'm pretty happy. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm accepting the fact that the bottom two teams are just like throw in whoever had a good week. Um, but it's all about the top five to me. I, I don't think anyone's going to touch that for who's contending on the Vanier Cup right now. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty content with it. Um, Yeah, I am for the most part. I disagree with your like throw in whoever had a good week thing there at the end. <laughs> I, I firmly be like, if we look at the teams on this list, we have Western, Queens, Ottawa. That's three from the OUA. Saskatchewan, Regina, Manitoba, three from Can West, Montreal, Laval. Um, they don't have a third on there, so two. And then we have one out in the AUS. And Carlton coming in, rounding out the fourth team in the OUA. I don't like the throwaway. I'm not saying Carlton doesn't deserve to be on this list, but if we're going to quote unquote throw away, <laughs> let's throw one and get a second AUS team on here. I think either Bishops or Mount A deserve a shot to be on the list. Yeah, but. Bishops could make it on if they beat Mount A this week, I think. But the thing for Mount A with me, it was 26 nothing until like, I think, two minutes left in the game. Like, they got pummeled. Carlton, lost a, to, Carlton lost to Toronto and they beat York, Windsor, and Mac at yeah, the start but of the year. You have to remember that people wanted Windsor in the top 10 last week, which was and, a ridiculous argument. And we have seen multiple teams make the top 10 after defeating York. So I don't know what people vote on. Uh, we're not voters, like we said before. Sixty-six point win over. But if York. you if you beat York by more than thirty points, you get top ten votes. No, I don't like it. So where's like U of T? U of T just beat York by what 32, 39? <laughs> Where's theirs? <laughs> I don't like um, it. Not one bit. I do want to talk to you about something though. We do our Hat Crichton uh, favorites prior to the year. I sent you this text yesterday. Uh, I kind of wanted to do a mid-season look at who I think is going to come away with the awards now and be finalist for the Heck Crichton. Uh, and then I want to talk about a certain team in the OUA, and it's not going to be a very nice conversation <laughs> to say. Um, okay, AUS, the bus. I don't, yeah, I don't have any arguments. The bus. That one. AUS to leader, rushing yards, touchdowns, uh, the force behind the number one offense in the country. Yes, Fagnol threw for a lot of yards last week. He throws for good chunks each week, but that offense lives and dies with the bus. What about like Fedchin as a sleeper? Uh, it'll be real tough for a defensive player, especially. Absolutely. But I'm just saying like, okay, fine. Maybe not hack, but like certainly defensive player of the year. From, from the AUS, yeah, he could 100% be their nominee. Uh, next over, Arsec. I'm not going with Arnaud Desjardins. I'm not going with uh, Jonathan Senecal. I'm going with Kevin Mittal, the Laval receiver. Connor, he's second in the country for receptions 
the leader in yards and the leader in receiving touchdowns. This guy carries the Laval Rouge or offense. And yes, Desjardins has all those stats because the quarterback has to throw to the receiver. But I'm looking at Kevin Mittal and I'm like, wow. Like this guy's this guy's stats just blow me the hell away. Uh, he's behind Jonathan Rosary for yards per game as well. So he's second in that category. But I mean, he's got <laughs> 108 yards per game and two touchdowns a game. It's his average. That's a freak show at receiver. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it's it's tough to go against you, but I'm still going to do it uh, <laughs> because it is still a quarterback award for me. My heck favorite coming out of the R, R, my heck favorite coming out of the RSEC is still Desjardins. I mean, he leads the nation in completion percentage right now, 75.6% on the year. He's third in yards with 1,153, and he has the most touchdown passes in the nation with 12, while only throwing two interceptions. He's got 288 yards a game. Mr. Efficient in a quarterback award race is my favorite coming out of the RSEC. Now, I'm going to get to Mr. Efficient later because I'm not done there. Uh, the OUA. Evan Hillock. Keon Edwards. Here's my deal. Evan Hillock, 8-0 team. 11-0 touchdown to interception ratio. Top in the country in quarterback efficiency. And where you say Keon Edwards, I say Edward Winati. Fair enough. These guys have been running rough shot together. And that is the biggest issue. They both average over 100 yards a game. They're both over 400 yards. And... In terms of touchdowns, Ed has two, Keon has four on the ground. Yeah. So Winotti keeps taking, and I, I, I say taking is a loose term because these guys are, are close, they're friends, they're teammates, and they enjoy winning more than anything. But in terms of an argument for Keon Edwards, for Heck, or for Offensive Player of the Year in the OUA, it just comes down to the fact that he's having a fantastic year. But his running back that's sitting behind him on the depth chart and splitting carries with him is also doing the same damage to teams. <laughs> and that is the most damning thing in his case, which is such a good problem to have if you're the Western Mustangs, right? No, yeah, I, I entirely agree. Um, I still do like Keon Edwards as my heck, heck favorite, but I want to throw out a heck dark horse. And I want that to be Anthony Souls out of Queens. I know it's more or less an award where you got to get out of your conference to win it, it seems like. But still, this dude for Queens, five games played, 74 carries, 612 yards. He leads U Sports, not only OUA, leads U Sports right now. Uh, and he also leads with seven rushing touchdowns, averaging 8.3 yards per carry. I'm uh, I'm gonna put a pause on the Anthony Souls hype, Connor, because we got to remember this man just ran for two forty and four, uh, so those stats are kind of skewed after playing. Yeah, but if Guelph. you if, even if you even if you take that away, he still is in probably now, in the top ten with four hundred yards and three touchdowns. Now I will give you this: Queens plays the York Lions this week. If Anthony Souls eclipses two hundred and three in this again. game again, there's gonna be a lot of arguments saying. Yeah, but Anthony Souls. I didn't say he was my favorite. I said he was my dark horse. I still, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's a toss-up for me between Hillock and, and a, Keon, certainly. In a straight stats vote, I think Anthony Souls is going to pull away with this in a mile. But he doesn't um, have to split the backfield with four other backs that can go for 100 yards each. And that's that's the best thing. And James Keenan, uh, on that note, 
Uh, we didn't see him play much against Guelph, but his stats for the entirety of the year, um, they're up there. They are, but when you look at this team's play in the Queens offense, it, it runs through that backfield. So does Western, but Evan Hillock has made teams pay this year whenever they get too confident in going for that run game. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we saw it last week. He didn't even have to play the second <laughs> half of the game. He was 14 of 18. He had, what, 200-some-odd yards, two, three passing touchdowns. Yeah, that, uh, that Western team just kind of went through it. But finally, my heck favorite. I think this has to be everyone's heck favorite. Uh, Can West, the man, the myth, the Mason Nias. Uh, come on. He's a leader in U sports for yards, 1,400 through four games, nine touchdowns, third in completion percentage as well. He's taking care of the rock. He's scoring. He's throwing for a ton of yards. And Saskatchewan just looks to be like a different level this year. I know they struggled to put Regina away and ended up having to win it on a last second field goal. But everyone's allowed those close games when you're in, in season like this. It's a matter of fact where he comes out winning and then the next week he responds with another fantastic performance for the Huskies. Uh, so I'm <laughs> I'm going with Mason Nice as my outright heck favorite, uh, but he's also the guy for me. I'm ready for it. Uh, there is no argument to be made here. The, no argument to be made. The closest argument you could make would be like Hetlinger or uh, you could get the quarterback from Regina out uh, Pelletier out in Can West, but it's a different level for Mason Nias, uh, the way he's going through this season and just kind of elevating this offense, especially after losing a guy like Sam Baker and Colton Clawson, right? Like, and Adam Macker. They yeah. lost three of their top producing players, and he just goes, Yeah, we got, we got Nick Weeb. We've got Daniel Perry. We're going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. We'll run the ball with Kabongo and, uh, I'm um, I'm forgetting the other running back's name, um, but these guys like this is <laughs> this is fantastic for them. So uh, looking forward to seeing Mason Nice and coming down the stretch. Yeah, he's put three Saskatchewan receivers in the top fifteen in receiving yards uh, in the nation right now. <laughs> Riker Frank, that's the running back I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> he's got Daniel Perry in there. Um, actually we don't need the list off. That's fine. That's okay. They're, uh, they're pretty, they're pretty talented as they are. Um, all right. My, I have two other things I want to get to one Laval is going to win the RSEC this year. I'm calling it. They're going to play the week after Thanksgiving out in Quebec city. Laval can pull that win out. They may be able to host the Dunsmore cup. In which case I'm 100% picking Laval. But I'm going to take them even to go into the hill and go up the mountain to take on the Caribbean in the playoffs and come away with a win. You don't like it, do you? You want to ride that Caribbean train? I do, but like, I don't know. <laughs> Half of me is going, I see your point. Like, I, I think towards the end of this season, I, I certainly could see Laval on top of the RSAC. I certainly could see them kind of pull out a shock win where Montreal or the Montreal or everybody in the, in the Quebec conference thinks that Montreal is going to run away with the, with the conference, but no, you're right. I, I think that Laval has as good a shot as Montreal to walk away with this. I mean, it was, it was a good game when they first matched Last up. Last second field goal, right? So I, I think this conference 
isn't as one-sided as it may seem. And I think it could fall in Laval's favor should the ball bounce the right way in that Dunsmore Cup game. All I know is Montreal gets after the quarterback and our no Desjardins needs some time to hit up Kevin Mittal. So that is going to be the matchup that ends up deciding this, uh, this conference, I think. But I want to also... Okay, this is where we start to get not so nice, Connor. <laughs> We've been kind of hard on Guelph this year for their wow. rotating... I don't even know what to call it of quarterbacks. Um, carousel isn't even the nicest word because carousel implies that some of them are playing well. I think they've kind of done it to themselves. If we're being honest. Uh, one thing that has gone relatively unscathed, though, is the Guelph defense and the reputation that they hold as being one of the most athletic and prominent units in the country. Um, I really hate to do this. 41 points per game, 493.6 yards per game, 266 rushing yards per game. All dead last in the respective categories amongst all U sports teams. What the hell? I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like, I don't, I, I don't I'm what. honestly miffed by this because to me, Guelph has the athletes to compete with anyone in the conference. Well, that's that my question. Like, are they in a rebuild year? And we just missed it because it doesn't seem like they should be. They shouldn't have been. And I know Clark Barnes has not played this year. I know the quarterback situation is what it is. And the defense is probably playing about 80 snaps a game going like, Hey, can you guys We're dogged out here? <laughs> can you guys please just put up some kind of drive that gives us a break? And that kind of plays into the rush yards per game too, right? Like uh, when you're looking at that teams get a lead and then they start to run the ball more and lean on it. And that's going to happen, but to be giving up 41 points a game and I'm sorry, four, like seven yards away from call it 500. You're giving up 500 yards a game and 40 points, Connor. Like that is not all chalked up to exhaustion. And at some point, I think they have to look at their defense and be like, all right, we need a reset at coordinator and we need a major overhaul with recruiting where we're kind of telling guys, you know what? Come on in, compete for a chance to start, compete for a chance to play right away and rebuild this Guelph defense in your image. Yeah, no. And I mean, let's look at who they've played and who they've lost to this year. They lost to Western, fine. fine. But that's a team that they that they played and beat. Uh, and did they not they stunned Western last year at the start of the year, right? I think <clears throat> Yeah, I think so. They did. Or they played them really tight. Either way, no, it was I a tight they, game. I think or they did. I think they did. I think they did. I'm just gonna say they did. Yeah, I mean, like they they stunned Western at the start of the, at the start of the year last year, right? And I mean, so fine. I'll take a loss to Western there. You lose to Windsor. Windsor's good this year. That shouldn't happen. I don't think so. Not to Guelph. You beat Waterloo, who is hot and cold this year, let's say. You take a loss to a good Ottawa team this year, fine, but that's a game that you were in or won in the past. And then you lose to Queens, 62-11, to 11, in a which game is a where game you're Alex in in the freaking. past. And that was a... well. That's, that's that, Alex, yeah, that's technically his first experience big, is the... Big game. Yeah, like you, absolutely. You, you lost the majority of that game to a... I guess more or less a rookie, a sophomore quarterback playing his first real yeah. series that wasn't garbage time um, or short yardage. But think about this Ottawa, they get slapped. Usually that's a competitive game or a Guelph win. Queens, yeah. last year, uh, I was that at that team game running was, for his life. It was a close game that Queens just kind of pulled out late. Uh, the year before against Queens was like a triple overtime game. Yep. 
Like, I just, I just don't understand. This team still is getting to the quarterback. They're still uh, making some pressure generated out of their front seven. But you're, it's your point. You can't ask your defense to play 80 to 100 snaps a game and expect to win. And it just comes down to, like, I, I don't want to put this on Ryan Sheen because I know he's an offensive coach and, and we're talking about the defensive side of the ball. But Ryan Sheen, your team needs to have a, a foundation and an identity at quarterback. I know it's really hard to ask for midseason to find, but you need to find that guy this offseason. We thought it was Sean Law. We really did because he played really well in stretches last year. But this year, he was not that guy. The three arm punts in, in week one against Western was, uh, okay, yeah, maybe not. Let's try something else. But since then, it has just been this cycle. And, and if I'm Ryan Shane, I'm going to whatever quarterback. Maybe it's Anthony Leo, the, uh, the St. Andrews quarterback who played in the prospects game. And I'm being like, hey, dude, look, under me, we've had multiple like top end quarterbacks. Adam Sinagra had one of his best years under Ryan Sheehan. Then he comes to Guelph and he can say like, look, I know quarterbacks come with me on a five-year journey where you are going to see uh, everything get better. Yeah. The other thing I want to say about this Guelph team too, and this kind of ties into your point, um, you know, about getting a quarterback consistency with the quarterback they need keep going. <laughs> they need to find some red zone consistency, man. Like, let's look at their red zone stats. Sure, they're 10 of 11 on the season, but they played five games and they've been to the red zone 11 times. That's a little over two times a game. How do you win games getting to the red zone twice, getting an opportunity to score points twice? Yeah, I like <laughs> the. Some of the statistics on, on Guelph this year are actually astound. Uh, like, I was looking at this and I was like, oh, 73% in the red zone. That's great. And then I looked at it again and I'm like, oh, they've only been to the red zone 11 <laughs> times. Um, and I mean, the, the rankings, like, it is what it is on offense. They fall behind in games. They've had a good run game this year with uh, the Smith. But to me, it's like, you can't, you can't ask a team to come back from down when you are, are trying to run the ball still, but you don't have the quarterback to throw and come back in games. It's just such a, it's such a vicious cycle in terms of football. Um, but I, I really want to know where this Guelph team goes in the off season. I hope they don't move off of Ryan Sheehan because I, I think that there's a lot of positives there, but there's a lot on this team that needs to be redone. Guelph is the recruiting monster that can change it in a year or two, but I just want to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. To me, it just feels like there's a few pieces missing, and once they kind of fit it together, it's going gonna, it's gonna to click. All right, it's time. You sports betting, Connor. Decent week last week. <laughs> there was uh, a couple games. I picked York to cover because I was very unconfident in U of T. Uh, through the first half, I was looking great on that, and then the second half came out, and it was just touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And I was like, oh. Thanks. Thanks, Lucas Stoikos. You're making me look bad for betting against my alma mater. Uh, no, I'm I'm ready for this week, Connor. I am stoked. Yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't know that's what you're bringing <laughs> That's okay. Well, let's start it here. Uh, welcome in, you sports betting. If you want to check out these lines, make sure to head over to 
coolbet.ca, the best sports book in the country. Must be of legal gambling age and in Canada to play. Connor, UBC at Calgary. Uh, T-Birds on the road are minus eight. I mean, I said I was going to take Calgary last week and I got absolutely burned for that. So I'm not going that way this time. <laughs> I'm going with the T-Birds. They've shown me everything and more this season. I don't I don't think they're going to have any issues covering that spread. I, I agree with you. Garrett Rooker, uh, he's going to play out of his mind. I think Calgary, I think they've, they are dead last in U sports in terms of generating sacks. This it's a year. different team. Uh, that is a completely different nature than what we've seen with Jamin Pelly, Grant McDonald, Charlie Moore. Uh, definitely a new era from what that Vanier team was. Uh, another team though is looking to get back to Vanier, Saskatchewan, hosting the Manitoba Bisons minus seven and a half. I'm going Huskies. Where are you going on this one? I think this one's going to be a little bit tighter. I don't know how tight it's going to be. It's so hard for me to pick against the Saskatchewan Huskies this year. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this like a six point game, but I still, I'm going to lean towards that seven and a half Husky line. And finally, Alberta at Regina. Regina's minus seven. They just laid the lumber on uh, on who? UBC last week? Oh, I'll skip that. Sorry. Alberta at Regina. Regina's minus seven against the Golden Bears at home. Uh, Pelletier's been playing well. They've had some really close games against Saskatchewan, but they're still notching wins left, right, and center. I think they are trying to make the case that they're the second best team in Can West. I think that's what we're going to see in this one. I think this is going to be the closest game of the weekend in Can West action. So I'm actually going to lean towards the Golden Bears in this one. I'm going to take Regina, Connor. I, I think that on, on the road, Alberta is going to try to put up some big points, uh, but Regina is going to stand tall they've got a lot of big players on defense uh including anthony bennett the phenomenal d lineman this year so let's move into the oua uh panda week you know what no 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 we're leaving panda for the end connor's a <laughs> connor's a gg's guy so we're gonna leave it uh western at mac westerns minus 25 and a half i think we're gonna keep seeing these big lines from western until proven otherwise this is not absolutely not the same Mac team <laughs> of years past. No, <laughs> they had Western. I know we keep saying this and it's been something we've said all week. Western had four backs averaged 10 yards of carry last week. I don't think we're going to see the same showing, but it still doesn't make me want to not bet for Western. So yeah, I'm taking that 25 and a half. Yeah. And Mac has been very pass happy this season. Uh, Western has some great DBs, Robert Panabaker, uh, Daniel Valente, both up in the top of U Sports for interceptions with four and three, respectively. I was going to say, I think Valenti <laughs> leads U Sports with four. Yeah, he does. Uh, so they're going to be definitely keying off of Duak and the Mac pass game. So I'm going Western as well. Toronto at Waterloo. My alma mater coming off a big win in the Red Blue Bowl. Uh, Toronto's minus seven. I'm kind of liking it. On the road yep. against Waterloo, they're going to get uh, Lucas Stoikos or Adam Williams going if he's back in the lineup after suffering an injury last week. Uh, I like them to just kind of control the clock, force Nolan Cabin into some difficult situations and come home with a win. And that's the one thing I'm not sure about. Is it going to be Nolan Cabin starting under center for the Waterloo Warriors this week? We don't know. He's had two rough starts. Maybe they go the other way in this one. I don't know. Toronto's shown <laughs> some good things as of the last two games, I'll say. I'm going to lean with you. I'm going Toronto. All right. 
the biggest line I have personally ever seen <laughs> gambling. Uh, the York Lions at the Queens Gales. It is Queens minus, yes, you are going to hear this correctly, 40.5 points. Yes, minus four zero decimal five. This is after their 51-point win over Guelph. Do I do I even need to make a pick here? You know what? It sounds awful to say. We're both riding queens on this one. 40-point line, and we are taking the favorite. I don't care if it's Keen under center. I don't care if it's Vreekin under center. He showed last week that he can put up 50. I mean... A front knock Falcon, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but but still, look what, look what Souls did on the ground. I know. And Jan, Jan Longa has been playing great. Yes. Uh, yeah. With Jaden Blackman going down a couple and weeks ago. Your guy, Aiden O'Neill, found the end zone again. I know. He's going to keep going. Uh, final game in the OUA slate, the Laurier Golden Hawks at the Windsor Lancers. Laurier minus two. El Gersma played a really good game against the Ottawa GGs last week. They fell short because Campbell Fair just has a bionic leg. <laughs> uh, Laurier's playing a really good schedule. They're such a tough yeah. out for teams, and I think they're going to come into Windsor, pick up a much-needed win, and head home with a W. I think this might be, aside from the Panda game, this might be one of the games of the week. Um, and one of, our, one of my favorite things that we said last week about about this Laurier team in that Ottawa game was this showed us a lot more about Laurier than it did about Ottawa. Yeah. I'm taking Laurier in this one. They are a darn good team. <laughs> All right, let's move over to the RSEC. We'll come back to the Panda game. Uh, Sherbrooke at Concordia. It's minus four for Sherbrooke. I think they have one of the worst rated offenses in U sports. Give me Olivier Waugh against a poor offense. Uh, I'm going to take the Concordia Stingers. I know the last time they played Concordia blew a huge lead. I don't see that happening twice. I'm going Concordia. Yeah, I think Concordia is going to be looking for a bounce back win after taking a loss to the Laval Rouge or I am going with our guy, Olivier Waugh. Oh, yeah. Those Concordia that campaign stingers. has fallen short because Arnaud Desjardins and the Laval Rouge or have been cruising. Uh, they're hosting the McGill Redbirds. They're minus 21 and a half, and I am going all in yep. Yep. on the Rouge or Kevin Mittal. Our no Desjardins have been hooking up for a ton of scores, a ton of yardage. Nobody's going to stop them this week either. Uh, they're going to probably single-handedly cover this 21-point spread. 21 points between Desjardins, Desjardins and Mitel? Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm um, going with it. That's my bold prediction <laughs> for the week. That's our, our little side bet here of the week. Uh, I don't know if they're going to get 21 points between them, but I certainly think Laval as a team is going to get 21 points over these <laughs> McGill Redbirds. So, uh, yeah, Rougeau are for me as well. All right, AUS, uh, they had some gains postponed last week due to the hurricane uh, that hit the East Coast. So uh, if anyone is still recovering or knows anyone that is in danger out in the East Coast and lost some houses or vehicles or any property damage or physical damage to themselves, uh, our thoughts and prayers are with you guys. But there are still games to be played. Uh, SMU at Acadia, SMU minus six and a half, Connor. I am going to go with the Huskies in this one. Actually, yeah. am I? I am. <laughs> am I? I'm, I'm over here double, like overthinking this. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Smew. Yeah, I can't not. Can't not not pick Smew. I, I I'm going know. with Smew. Acadia is just in such a different space they this are. year than they have been in years past. 
Uh, I think SMU is trying to contend and prove that they can still make the playoffs and be a force against teams. Yeah. The only thing, the only thing that made me hesitate about Acadia is that I've seen some flashes this year, but every time I see a flash, it's exactly just that it's nothing. It's nothing sustained. It is a flash in the pan. Finally in the AUS, the biggest game of the week, Mount a at Bishops. Mount a has played teams tough. Bishops has got a great defense. This looks like it's going to be the matchup of who faces X in the Loney Bowl. And this is round two of this matchup. Mount A minus three and a half. Where are you going? I'm going, I'm going to double down on this. I'm going to the Bishops Gators and the Bishops Gators get themselves into the top 10 at the end of the week. <laughs> I think, I know, I think Bishops is going to take this one as well. Uh, I'm going to take Bishops and the points because you know what? This last game was close. Uh, Bishop's defense is always going to keep them in the game. I think their offense is going to find a way to get it done and put themselves in the top 10, like you said. I'm just campaigning for two <laughs> AUS teams in the top 10 at this point. Uh, we had the Panda game, though, Connor. Your oh, Ottawa GGs. What oh, is it? The four most wonderful straight, time in the year. Four straight times they have brought Pedro back home. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Go for the thumb. We're going five straight for the Ottawa GGs. Uh, Ottawa's minus six and a half in this game. I think I'm probably going to take Carlton to cover, but Ottawa is going to win this game. Uh, if you want to bet the money line on that, I'm just going to go out and take the Ottawa yeah. outright. I no, I no, I can't. I'm going to take Carlton Carlton to cover. It this game's so different. This is an all bets are off type of game. This is a standings don't matter type of game. This is. The doors close on that field, and the only thing that matters is beating Carlton and or beating Ottawa in this one. So um, this is just kind of no-holds-bar cage match type football, and it's going to be dirty. <laughs> it's going to be gritty. It's going to hit hard. There's going to be shots after the whistle that don't get called. There's going to be people yelling at each other. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going Carlton to cover just because this game is always so gritty, and I don't think I've – I mean, it's, it's definitely happened, but in recent yeah. memory, they just feel so close. I, I'm with you on that one. I, this Ottawa team statistically is far superior. Uh, I think the only positional battle that you might say Carlton has the edge quarterback. is quarterback because of Tanner DeYoung yeah. and what he can do with the ball in his hands. But this Ottawa team is rolling. Coach Nate Taylor on the offensive side of the ball has J.P. Simonkinda firing on all cylinders. He's wearing out teams. And then Ben Miracle just gets to take advantage of that uh, with wide receivers like Nick Shendron, uh, Daniel Oladejo, Rodney Estime. They have a ton of weapons at his disposal. Yeah. Um, I, I would not be surprised at all to see Ottawa cover this spread. You're hoping it's just, Ottawa covers this yeah, spread. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm hoping. But, but you know, like, I don't know. It's just, it's so hard for me to take that, that spread just knowing like the atmosphere around this game, right? Like it's you, it's like you with the red blue, right? Like, I, I didn't want to take a 30 point line. <laughs> yeah. I'd, like who could blame you? So I should have, but uh, <laughs> with that note, that's it for this week. If you guys want to catch any of the episodes on CF perspective, make sure you head over to Spotify, Apple music, Stitcher, uh, wherever you get your podcast, you guys can find us there. Uh, if you guys want to get yourselves some of the best whistle tech in the world, head over to Fox 40 shop.com. The wide, or the worldwide leader in whistle tech 15% off with the code CFP 15 at checkout. So make sure you guys head over and get in on that. Uh, that's it for us though this week. Stay tuned. Enjoy your week. Hopefully we're, when we talk to you guys on Sunday or Monday with the recap, it's not raining for once. Cause come on, we need a sunny Sunday every now and again.
I mean, the scoreboards keep lighting up. You're going to be sunny if Ottawa wins, no matter what. So it could be. Yeah, that's true. It could be a monsoon. And as long as Ottawa has taken Pedro back up to Lee's campus. My younger brother is going to his first Pandy game ever. Wow. I just told him to drink water. (laughs) With that, uh, if you are at the Panda game, please don't cause too much of a ruckus or this lovely event may never come back again. Uh, It has happened before. It could happen a second time. (laughs) But uh, if you are there, please enjoy yourselves responsibly. Don't be too much of a... It's a lot of fun. Don't ruin it for others. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. So take care, everyone. Enjoy the week of football to come.